all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. It is the time of year for cold and flu and RSV, and COVID cases are actually on the rise as well. And so today, we're going to be talking about colds and when do you need antibiotics? Because I feel like that is a big question that we get a lot, is can you just give me an antibiotic? And a lot of times, it's not indicated. And so that's what we're going to talk about some today. Um, I was going to talk a little bit about asthma, too, because I feel like we have been seeing lots and lots of wheezing here lately. Um, And so we're going to talk some about asthma as well. But if you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can always send us an email to kids at mpbonline.org. So it is definitely flu season and cold season and COVID and RSV and all the different viruses are happening right now. Um, I do feel like we had a big surge of the flu here not too long ago, and it's kind of slowed down a little bit. We're still seeing a pretty good bit of cases of it, Um, but at least in my clinic, I feel like it slowed down just a little bit. We're not seeing it as crazy much as we were um, just around Thanksgiving time. So that's a good thing, Uh, but that's probably not going to last, especially as everybody is getting together for the holidays over the next few weeks. Um, We're probably going to see another spike in cases just because as more people gather and get together, more germs are spread, and so we'll see a rise in the the infections again probably. So um, just another PSA, if you have not gotten your flu shot, get it. Now is the time to do that. They are still available. Um, We are still giving them out. I gave some yesterday, actually. So uh, most places still have them. If you are under age nine, remember that your child needs two flu shots the very first time they get it. So if they have never had a flu shot before, uh, they have to get the first shot and then 30 days later get the second shot. And then if you're over 65, we recommend getting the high-dose flu shot. So those are the two little caveats with the flu shot um, that I always just want to remind everybody about. Um, so now is the time to get it. If you have not done it, go to your doctor, go to the local pharmacy. Uh, they should have that available. And then while you're there, if you wanted to, uh, you may want to check in. And if you're over 65, make sure you don't need a pneumonia shot. Um, you can get that at the same time as the flu shot. We've been given a lot of those as well because uh, there is a new type of pneumonia shot that's out there. So if you are over 65 and maybe you've had one type of pneumonia shot, you may need this new one. It's called the Prevnar 20. Um, we see, uh, you've probably seen some commercials for it because they've been 
advertising for it here lately. Um, but yeah, it's the newest type of pneumonia shot. It kind of combines those two types of pneumonia shots that we used to give. And now it all, you only have to get the one shot. So, um, just something to think about too, if you're headed to the pharmacy, most people that have gotten the flu shot and the pneumonia shot together have done just fine. Um, and then there's still the bivalent COVID vaccine. Um, if you wanted to get that, that is the one, the booster shot that is given protection against the Omicron variant. Um, you know, I don't know that everybody has to get that. Thankfully, Omicron has been fairly mild. But if you are high risk for complications from COVID or if you are over 65, then I would definitely recommend going on and getting that as well. Um, I will say people that have gotten the COVID vaccine and the flu shot at the same time have regretted doing that together. So you may want to space that out a little bit um, because they say it makes you feel pretty crummy. I have not had uh, that ever given together at the same time to me, but some of my patients and family members that have gotten it together have said they felt pretty crummy after they did that. So, um, so just a quick little plug for our vaccines. Um, but let's focus a little bit on uh, the cold and flu viruses because this is the time of year we're seeing it a lot. We're also seeing a lot of cases of, you know, people coming in with high fevers and just feeling really crummy, but they test negative for the flu. They test negative for COVID. Um, so there's plenty of viruses out there that are happening right now um, that aren't necessarily the flu and aren't necessarily COVID, but are still making people feel pretty crummy. And so a lot of these respiratory viruses that we think about this time of year are going to be spread by little droplets that go into the air as people call for sneeze, um, sometimes even as you talk, too. So you don't even really see these um, little droplets that are happening in the air because they're so microscopically tiny, uh, but they get spread into the air and then... As you're in crowds, um, you that are standing next to the person, those little droplets will go into your mouth or they'll go into the lining of your nose, and that's how you end up getting sick as you breathe them in. Um, it can, some of these viruses can live on the surfaces of things, so... Uh, if you go to the grocery store and you're, you know, pushing the grocery cart around, you want to make sure that you wipe it down or wipe your hands off after you leave the grocery store because some of those viruses can live on surfaces and it can be transmitted that way if it gets on your hands. But majority of the time, it's going to be droplets in the air is how you're getting sick. So that's part of the reason, you know, over the past two years, we really haven't had that bad of a flu season because, you know, we've, we were wearing masks. Uh, people weren't getting out and about and getting in crowds. And so we really didn't see it that much. Um, thankfully, the mask helped prevent sp the spread of some of those droplets. Um, but we aren't really doing that as much anymore. And so now we're starting to see more and more cases of it. Um, the other thing about cold and flu viruses is you may not know you're sick. So you can actually, a lot of times, you don't really start showing symptoms of the virus until it's been in your system for about two days. So you have potential to have the virus in you and be coughing or sneezing or even just talking and spreading some of those droplets to people, and you didn't even know you were sick. Um, so a lot of times that happens. So you get sick before you even realize. I mean, you pass it on before you even realize you're sick. 
Um, and so that can definitely happen. Usually it's not, that's not always the case. Um, majority of the time, you know, you, you have a pretty significant viral load in you and you're coughing and sneezing a lot and that's how you spread it. But it is possible to spread it a day before you actually even start having symptoms. So just something to keep in mind um, as you're getting together with family and friends over the holidays. So, um, and then, so what do you do, you know, if you get a cold? Um, Because I feel like it's, we're kind of in this, living in this time now where COVID is still here. It's not like it was, um, but it's definitely still here. It's definitely still present. We're still seeing cases of it, and cases are actually on the rise. Um, I saw today that uh, Joe Biden announced, and I saw our health department also tweeted, uh, the Mississippi Department of Health also tweeted that COVID kits are available. So you can get at-home free COVID tests everywhere. I mean, um, I'm not sure exactly. I know previously you would order it through the postal service. I'm not sure. Um, I didn't read exactly what uh, President Biden was, where he was saying you would get those, but the health department said in their tweet that you can just contact your local health department Uh, because those COVID kits, they aren't cheap. Um, So if you can get them for free, it's nice to have a little stash at your house so that that way, when you do get an infection, you know, if you do have a cold, That's such an easy and great resource to do a quick at-home COVID test. They're pretty fairly accurate. Um, I mean, no test is 100% accurate. Um, But you could do a quick little at-home test. uh, Make sure that you don't have COVID. Um, And then if you wanted to, you can go get flu tested by your doctor. Um, If you want to wait it out a day or two and just kind of see how symptoms happen. Um, Because if it is just a mild cold, it should get better in a couple of days. As opposed to COVID or flu where you may get be sicker and feel a little bit worse for a little bit longer. Um, We've got a caller, so we will go to Bobby, who is in Pontotoc. Good morning, Bobby. How are y'all doing today? Listen, I got a question I got to ask you. I cough all the time, and people think I got COVID-19, but when I was little, the doctors, uh, uh, I'm 80 years old now, the doctors uh, told me I had cyanotosis, and I don't hear anybody talk about cyanotosis anymore. Did they change the name of that, or is they still call cyanotosis? I don't know that I'm familiar with that term. How do you spell that? I don't know. Uh, I lost. I had a printout from my doctor, but way back there. But I lost the thing. I had to turn it in when I went in the military, and I think the military kept it. So I don't know how to spell it. But it's it uh, must be S I N T O S E S or something like that. But uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking they changed the name on that because I don't hear nobody say that no more. I know they changed the name on a lot of stuff back in them days, and I'm 80 years old now, so it's. Well, I do. I, I cough all the time, and people think I got COVID nineteen, but I hadn't. It's just a falling of sinus trouble. I know, I know. That's a it's a that's a hard thing, especially this time. You know, over these past couple of years, when you do get a little bit of a cold, even when you know it's not COVID, it still makes you feel you kind of cringe when you're out in public and you start coughing. Uh, well, this year, this year is not a cold. It's just something I've had ever since. They had to take my adenoids and my tonsils out when I was little because it make them swell up. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I believe they changed the name on that because I don't hear nobody have it. But I have it all the time. Sometimes I get the coughing so in church, 
I have to get up and go outside until yeah. the preacher can preach. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not exactly sure what the term would be. I mean, you know, asthma can make you cough like that. Uh, we well, definitely. I, I had asthma when I was little, and my parents took me to Lyford, Texas, and I st- we stayed there two years, and doctors told me I had outgrown bronchial asthma. So I don't have it no more, but it goes along with this scientosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. I would I would think probably something like an asthma would be what would probably be causing that cough. We also see uh, people that cough a lot with reflux, too. So I don't know if you have a lot of problems with reflux. Um, well, all this seems to be in my nose. My nose is okay. water all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, allergies and asthma are the two probably bigger numbers. No- bigger things that make people have a chronic cough. So you think that asthma could have come back on me? I mean, it could have. We definitely see adults with asthma. Um, But as you get older, that, you know, how you were saying, you feel like it's in your nose. Um, We see that a lot. I don't have any... uh any smothering, you know, I don't have to spray nothing in my... You don't? You don't ever have that tickle in the back of your throat? No, I don't never have nothing. I I don't never have to... Uh, uh, you know, spray that stuff in my throat to breathe, like what like they do, at, whatever they call that stuff, a spray. But I never have that that problem. Yeah. I don't. I don't have trouble breathing. I just have trouble. Coughing. Well, you can have just what we call a cough variant asthma. So you don't actually really wheeze as much. You do wheeze a little bit, but mostly you just cough. Um, and so that may be something you want to, next time you go see your doctor, just talk to them about and see uh, if there's some medicines. There's a couple of medicines that we use for that, that it's just strictly for cough variant asthma, where you don't really have any of the other symptoms, you just cough. Well, I don't know what it is, but anyway, I know they used to call it scientosis, and I, I hear nobody talk about it now, so I said, well, it must have changed the name. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe somebody listening out there knows what, what that term is today, but I've never heard that term. I've heard of cyanosis before, and that's like where well, you turn that blue. Might, that might be it. I might be mispronouncing it. Yeah, cyanosis is where you, like, turn blue around your mouth um, when you don't get enough blood, like oxygen. And so you'll turn blue. Well, um, I don't never turn blue, but the dentist pulled all my jaw teeth on both sides of the other day, and now I'm having stress from that. I had to go get some tranquilizers for stress, but now I don't never turn blue. It just, yeah. It's just all in my nose is where it's at. Hmm. All right, I'll let you go, and maybe somebody out there knows what I'm talking about, and they'll call in and tell you something. Yeah, maybe somebody else has heard that term before. But thanks for calling, and and next time you go, talk to your doctor, like I said, and see, because they do have a type of asthma where it's just strictly a cough, and so they may be able to get you some medicine to help with that. But thanks for calling, and if anybody listening has had similar symptoms, we would love to hear from you. Or if you have any questions about antibiotics or cold viruses or vaccines or really anything in general, we would love to hear from you. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We are talking today about cold and flu viruses and how we treat them and when do you need antibiotics. And we're going to talk some about asthma as well. We talked a little bit about the flu and cold viruses in general and how they are spread mostly through droplets. So as you're talking, coughing, sneezing, those little bitty droplets go into the air. They can get in your mouth or they can get in the lining of your nose. 
And that's how you end up getting sick. Um, and I was saying, too, that the your exposure to the virus, it usually takes you about two days before you start showing symptoms. So you could have the virus in your body and you not realize it and still be able to pass it on to somebody before you even know you're sick. Um, not as common, but it definitely can happen. So it's just something to think about, too. So, so I was saying, what do you do if you feel like um, you're getting sick and you don't... You're not really sure where you should go, what you should do. So the at-home COVID t- kits are the are such a great resource. Um, definitely want to try to get those. Like I said, that the health department announced that you can get those at your local health department. Um, and I saw President Biden tweeted or announced that he uh, that they're also starting that program again, um, where you can order some. Previously, it was through the postal service, so I'm assuming that's what they're going to do again. So uh, just be on the lookout for that because that is such a great, easy resource for you. And then you can always go to your local doctor and get swabbed and tested for the flu. It's a quick, easy little nasal swab um, that we do just to make sure it tests the antigen to make sure that you don't have the flu. The only reason I would say to make sure you, if you were higher risk for complications from the flu. So if you have some kind of immunocompromising condition or you're older than 65 or you're very, very young, um, it may benefit you to go on and get tested because you could benefit from some of the antivirals. Not everybody needs an antiviral, and we're going to talk a little bit about that with treatment um, for the flu. But um, if you are at high risk for complications, Getting the antiviral treatment may benefit you, and really they're only indicated if you come and you get tested within the first 48 hours of symptoms. So if you're high risk for complications, it's probably going to do well for you to go on and get tested for the flu. Make sure you don't have it because if it is positive, then you're going to want to go on and get that that treatment, that antiviral treatment that we're going to talk a little bit about. So the treatment, I was mentioning you could potentially get an antiviral treatment for the flu. So uh, there's two main ones out there right now. It's the Oseltamivir, which is the Tamiflu. I feel like that's the one that most people know and are familiar with because it's been around for a while. Um, The newer one is the Zofluza, and I'm probably going to butcher the name, so I'm not even going to try to say the generic name for it. (laughs) But uh, Zofluza is the other one. So the Tamiflu is one that you're going to take twice a day for five days. The Zofluza is a one-time dose, so that's kind of nice. Um, The problem with the Zofluza is is it's pretty expensive. So from from what I understand with most patients who I have given Zofluza to and to family and friends who have taken the Zofluza, it has made them feel significantly better, um, much quicker than the Tamiflu has in the past. Um, But again, the problem is is it's not always covered by insurance and it can get a little pricey. Uh, Tamiflu used to be fairly pricey, but now it's pretty cheap. So it's readily available. Do you need Tamiflu? Eh, you don't have to have it. Um, You know, especially if you're a healthy, you know, young person um, who doesn't have any medical problems, you don't have to have the Tamiflu. Uh, What the Tamiflu does necessarily is hopefully can decrease the severity and the length of symptoms that you have. It, uh, if you take the liquid, it tastes pretty nasty. Um, Tamiflu can also upset your stomach a little bit. So you do have the risk of that. So if you 
or your children, your grandchildren have kind of a already unsettled stomach, Tamiflu may not be the best option for them. And then, like I said, the other thing is, is you really need to take it within the first 48 hours of having symptoms. So, um, so do you have to have these medications? No. Can they benefit you? Potentially. So if you have a higher risk for complications, if you're younger, if you're older, maybe something that you want to consider doing um, is talking to your doctor about getting those medications. So really what we do for the flu and any cold virus is just treat those symptoms. Um, The term we use is supportive care, which a lot of people get kind of annoyed with. They roll their eyes when we say supportive care. You know, it's just a virus. Um, We don't really have a lot of medicines for them. Um, And it can be really frustrating because you just want something to make you feel better. Um, But again, we have to reiterate that antibiotics are for bacterial infections. They don't treat viruses. So you don't necessarily need an antibiotic if you have a cold or the flu. Um, I had a patient the other day that went and came in because they still weren't feeling very well. And they had gone to another clinic and got tested and tested positive for the flu. And they gave them an antibiotic just in case. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, I don't know that you're really getting any benefit from that antibiotic uh, because it is not necessarily going to treat the flu because antibiotics treat bacteria. They don't treat viruses. Um now, there are times when they're needed, and we're going to get into a little bit about when you would need the bact- uh, the antibiotics. But if, it's, if you've got the flu, um, an antibiotic is not going to do anything for you. It's not going to help you. And people don't realize that antibiotics, I mean, I think we know this, um, but we don't really think about it because you usually they're pretty fairly well tolerated. But antibiotics have side effects, you know. You can get um, secondary, like, stomach infections from antibiotics. Um, You can get all kinds of random side effects from antibiotics. Um, I personally got drug-induced lupus from an antibiotic one time, which was kind of wild and very not common. Let me just say that. But it can happen, you know. Like, it's... Things like that do happen to people, and you have to think about that. The other big thing is antibiotic resistance, um, which is a big thing we see in the hospital. So the more antibiotics that you give unnecessarily, so for these like little cold viruses that eventually will go away on their own if you just give it time, um, then the antibiotics, that mean the the true bacteria develop resistance to these antibiotics that we have. Um, And so you have to be very careful about that, over-treating with antibiotics, um, because we're seeing more and more bacterial resistance to antibiotics, especially in the hospital for some of these patients who have to have antibiotics, who have immunocompromising conditions and have to have antibiotics for certain things. These bacteria have become smart, and they're finding ways around the the antibiotics that we have to treat things. So just something to think about. I'm going to talk a little bit about when you do need antibiotics because there are definitely some cases where you would need antibiotics. Um, But if you have a virus, give it some time. Um, I know it's very frustrating when the doctor tells you that, but a lot of these viruses can last five to ten days. So, you know, you're not going to feel better after a day or two, probably. That's just how it is. Um, It may be day five, day seven, before you finally start to feel a little bit better. And a lot of times what happens is people get 
these viruses, they stick it out for a couple of days, but after two days, they go to the doctor, they end up getting on an antibiotic, and by like day three of the antibiotic, they start feeling better. So they attribute it to the antibiotic, but when in reality, that was just the regular timeline for the virus. So I always just try to reiterate to people that it's going to take some time. It could take five to 10 days before you really start feeling back to yourself. You don't necessarily need an antibiotic. And I try to make sure that they understand the risk of why we don't do antibiotics because of the antibiotic resistance, because of the complications from antibiotics, like I was saying. Um, And if you just give it time, I promise you will get better. We're going to talk a little bit about when you do need antibiotics because there are some indications for it. I'm not completely opposed to antibiotics in the outpatient setting. Um, It's just there's only certain times when you truly, really need it. So this is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We have been talking about the flu and colds and that most of these are caused by viruses and will just get better with time and supportive care and that you don't necessarily need antibiotics for this. And now we're going to talk a little bit about when you may need antibiotics. Um, But if you have any questions or comments, you can always send us an email to kids at mpbonline.org. So we had a couple of callers called, and um, one mentioned that they went to, like, a I think a local pharmacy, Walgreens, to get a COVID test and that they aren't doing the free COVID test anymore. They said that that stopped in September. Um, I would think it still should be covered by your insurance, though, just like a normal flu test or any other test would be. Uh, you just may not be able to get them at the pharmacy anymore, but you can get them um, at your local physician's office. But I was mentioning the free test through the health department. So the Mississippi Department of Health tweeted today that you can actually get eight free rapid COVID t- kits to use at home, um, and you would just pick them up at your local health department. So you just have to contact. It seems like you probably need to just notify your health department um, that you're coming and that they will be able to get you the kits. But you should be able to get eight free kits, at-home kits, um, not necessarily at the pharmacy, um, but you should be able to get them through the health department. So just an FYI for that. And then we had another caller because uh, Bobby had mentioned earlier a condition and she had said maybe they were meaning sin- sinusitis. Um, I'm not sure if Bobby, if that's what you were, if you were saying earlier. Um, but yeah, you can get chronic sinusitis. We do see that. And that is actually an indication for antibiotics. You know, some of those, um, how I was talking earlier, there are some reasons why you would need an antibiotic after a, a virus infection, and sinusitis is one of those. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but, yeah, you can get chronic sinusitis as well. So I'm not sure, if Bobby, if maybe that's part of what you had, um, where you just kind of kept a little chronic inflammation and irritation in your sinuses. Um, and that may be what, maybe what the doctor was referring to when they talked to you about that. So. Uh, But if you have any questions or comments, um, and if you don't want to get on the air, you don't have to. You can just leave us a message like these other callers did. Uh, But we do have John, who is in Mobile. Good morning, John. What's going on? Uh, Good morning, Doctor. Um, I just got uh, two um, rather late vaccinations. One one was the COVID booster and the other is the flu shot. And um, I got them yesterday afternoon. 
And by evening, my uh, let's see where I got the uh, COVID vaccine, uh, that site was achy. I, I got them in either arm. And um, uh, by evening, uh, I was sneezing. The sinuses were running, and it, it seemed like a full-blown cold or something like that. didn't feel achy, so um, it didn't seem like flu. I don't know. I'm sort of diagnosing right there. But uh, can you tell me if this would be related to um, having those two vaccines, uh, if these symptoms so close after getting those two vaccines um, could have been caught by them? So it uh, shouldn't, yeah, it shouldn't be. Now, neither one of those are live vaccines. Um, they're both, um, neither one of them are live. The flu virus in particular, I mean, the flu vaccine in particular is a dead virus. So you technically cannot get the flu from that. Um, some of the COVID vaccines, I would have to look up a little bit more details about them and see exactly because they are a little different, those mRNA vaccines, and they're a little bit newer. Um, but as far as I know, those are still inactivated um, parts of the virus. And so technically, you should not be able to get it from either one of those Um but it's kind of, you know, I always tell people, too, you know, when we're giving you the vaccines, um, we're trying to induce an immune response. So, therefore, you're revving up that immune system, um, and especially with you getting both at the same time, um, that it could have just been the way that your immune system responded to the vaccines that just made you feel pretty crummy. But with the whole sneezing and runny nose thing, I don't know if that's just coincidence that maybe, you know, like I was saying earlier, you could have actually been exposed to it a couple of days ago and just are now starting to show symptoms of it. Um, if it's just a coincidence from that, but you should not be able to get the infection from the vaccines. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, I, I probably got it from the library's computer lab where I go frequently. Yeah. And people are pretty sloppy about covering up when they cough or sneeze. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, Hopefully this will go away in a day or so. That would be great because there are lots of things to do around this time of year. I know, I know. It's definitely a busy time of year and not a good time to get sick. So I hope you get to feeling better, John. Thank you, and Merry Christmas to you all over there. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you, too. I know my little girl started with a runny nose yesterday, and I was like, uh-uh, we cannot be having this. <laughs> we got to stop it right now. Um I don't, most of you probably have heard me talk, but I do have another little one on the way too. So number one, I don't want her being sick for this new little one that's going to be making her arrival any day now. Um, but also I don't want her being sick on Christmas. So, um, thankfully the runny nose was gone this morning. And so maybe it was just a little, I don't know, she'd been playing outside, um, and with the weather changing and everything. So hopefully that's all it was, but yeah, I agree, John. Now is not the time to be getting sick. <laughs> so thanks for your call. And it looks like we have another caller, but I don't see it. Okay, sorry. Hey, John, another John. What's going on this morning? I got a cold. Keep a cold all year round. Can't get rid of it. You keep a cold. Have you have you talked yeah. to your doctor? Is it maybe something like an allergic, an allergy, or something you could be allergic to? Especially if it doesn't seem to go away. I keep spitting up cold all year round. Can't get rid of it. Try it every time. Gotcha. Were you ever a smoker, or are you a smoker? No, I ain't no smoker. Okay, good. Good, good, good. I was just making sure, because sometimes COPD can do that, so I wanted to make sure you didn't have any signs of that. 
Um, have you seen anybody for it, especially with you coughing up all that? Have they ever given you any medicines to take every day? Yeah, they give me some medicine to take, and it ain't, ain't getting rid of there, and I still have it. What medicines? Keep it all year round. What medicines are you taking? A lot of uh, Do you know which ones they've given you? Uh, I got some penicillin. I have some all different kinds. Okay, so just some antibiotics? Yeah, antibiotics, and I had all that. Okay. Get rid of it. Have you ever taken any medicines to, like, help with your allergies um, and not yeah. necessarily antibiotics? Yeah, I didn't try it all. Yeah. Well, it may be. My practitioner told me to drink a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The That'll help. Yeah, water does help. Water helps thin out some of those secretions and helps you move them around and cough them up a little bit better. But honestly, it sounds like there may be something that you're being exposed to that's causing all of this irritation and those symptoms to linger. So I would ask, if I were you, I would talk to your doctor about maybe seeing a specialist, um, either an allergy specialist, or you said if you cough it up a lot, maybe even seeing a lung doctor specialist. Um, somebody that could uh, take a look and see what else is going on and what are you being exposed to that's making you keep these symptoms. Because it sounds like it's more than just a cold. Okay. I had it. I never thought I can remember. Yeah. I was born with it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, there's things like, uh, you know, our other caller, we had talked about um, – having like asthma and there's different types of asthma you can get where you don't necessarily wheeze and get the shortness of breath it's more of just the coffin and then you have allergies and um like our other caller had mentioned like chronic sinusitis there's there's all kinds of things that could be going on that could be causing that but it, to me it sounds like you probably need to go see a specialist or somebody that could help kind of pinpoint what it is that you're being exposed to that's causing these symptoms Okay, I'll try that. Yes, sir. Well, hopefully we can get you some answers soon, because I know that's frustrating. But thank you so much for your call. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPV Think Radio. We have been talking today about colds and flu and what are some of the symptoms and treatments that you can do. Um, and we've got a little bit of time left, so if you have any questions or comments, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Um, so I mentioned earlier that, you know, the viruses can last five to 10 days before you truly get better from them. So typically what I'll tell my patients is, um, you know, let's give it at least a week. Call me back if you're not any better after seven days. And then we can talk about, do we need to think about doing an antibiotic? And the reason that is, is because most viruses are going to get better after five to 10 days. Um, but sometimes what happens is when you have the virus, you get a lot of inflammation and irritation in your sinuses, and you get that kind of sinus infection type um, symptoms where you get that pressure um, behind your sinuses and in your face and behind your eyes, you know, just that kind of like irritation and pressure. And it all gets ir like the lining gets inflamed. And when that happens, Sometimes a bacteria infection can set in after that. So most people, if you just give it time, it will go away on its own. But after 7 to 10 days, if we're still haven't made any improvement, 
then we have to start thinking, has something else settled in there? Um, have you got developed some kind of bacterial infection? Um, and that would be the time where we would consider doing some antibiotics. Um, the other types of infections that we think about that come after colds are going to be ear infections, especially in our younger kids. So usually what I tell parents is um, they'll run fever for a couple of days. They'll feel kind of crummy with their runny nose and congestion. And then after a few days, they start feeling better. And then all of a sudden, they start running a fever again, and they get fussy again. And in that situation, that makes us think, okay, well, is something else going on, particularly an ear infection. So fever, you get better, and then they start running fever again, um, especially if they're fussy and they don't sleep. Those are all signs of an ear infection, too, besides just pulling at their ear. Um, so that would be another indication to get antibiotics. Um, pneumonia is another thing that we think about. And um, so that would be, again, you have the symptoms for a little bit, you get better, and then all of a sudden you start having it, or you get a little bit better. You may not completely get better, but you get a little bit better. And then you start having fever, you start having a worsening cough, and then we think, okay, something maybe has settled in your lungs and you've developed a secondary infection. Um, so those are going to be some of the things that we think about that could potentially make you want to get on an antibiotic. Um, but a lot of times, if you just give it, if you give it time, you get some rest, you drink plenty of fluids, it will get better. One other thing I want to make sure is that I say is it is because a lot of people will say, well, now I just have that that green stuff. You know, it was clear and now it's green um, coming out of my nose when I blow my nose. That does not necessarily mean a bacterial infection. Um, that can happen after a couple of days because typically what happens is, is it is usually pretty clear and watery when it first starts, when you have that first runny nose and you first start blowing your nose. But over time, as your body is trying to fight that infection, um, that viral infection, different cells, bacteria, uh, I mean, white blood cells come in and they try to fight that infection. And it's very common for those different cells to give the, the, um, the rhinorrhea is the term we use, but just that snot, essentially, I guess is the tip, uh, typical term for it, um, to give it that kind of thick in color change. So that does not necessarily mean that you need antibiotics. Just because um, your snot turns a different color doesn't necessarily mean it. That just means that your body is actually doing its job and it's fighting off that viral infection. Um, it's bringing in all the white blood cells and all the different infection fighting cells that it needs um, to help fight off that infection. And it can make you have some changes to your snot. It can make you have some changes to what you cough up. Um, you know, you may be coughing up a little bit thicker stuff. Um, a lot of that, what you're coughing up is just stuff that has drained in the back of your throat and you're just kind of coughing and moving it around. Um, so just something to throw that out there because I feel like that always happens, um, not only with my patients, but with my family members. Um, after two days, they call me and say, can you call me in an antibiotic? I'm having it, you know, having it, it's like green now and it's all thick and nasty. I'm like, well, that's because your body's doing what it's supposed to do. It's fighting off that infection. It's bringing all the right cells over there to help fight off that infection. So give it some time. I promise it'll get better. I mean, you can get some over-the-counter, you know, antihistamines. That'll help dry some of that stuff up. Um, you can get some over-the-counter decongestants. Um, just be careful with some of those. Uh, we don't recommend any decongestants under age four. So for our younger kids, 
they can have the antihistamines, they can have the Benadryl and the Zyrtec, but they can't, we don't really recommend any of the decongestants for them under under age four. And then if you're older, especially if you have high blood pressure or you take some like heart medications and things like that, you're going to want to be careful with those decongestants as well, because a lot of those medications can raise your blood pressure. Again, the antihistamines are usually pretty safe and they shouldn't really cause too many changes to your blood pressure. Um, Now, the older you get, the more sensitive you are going to be to those uh, antihistamines. So you may notice that you feel um, a little bit drier, dry mouth. Um, Sometimes you can get a little dizziness. We have even seen some of our elderly patients with falls. So you do have to be careful, but for the most part, the antihistamines are going to be pretty benign medications that are safe for you to take. Honey is another option that works really well for a cough. Now, we can't use honey in our kids under age one, uh, but if you get some hot honey lemon water, that can make a big difference uh, to help your cough. Or I tell people just put it on a spoon. Get a big spoonful of honey and swallow it down. Um, and a lot of times it just helps. It, well, number one, it helps kind of coat the throat, which helps take away that little tickle with the with the coffin. <clears throat> but honey also has some antibacterial, some antiviral effects too. And so it can be really helpful. Uh, for a cough. So that's something else and easy that you can think of. And then rest and fluids. I can't stress that enough. Um, Our caller mentioned earlier that the doctor told him that he needs to make sure he's drinking plenty of water. But what happens is when you get all that mucus and that stuff in your chest, um, it it does get kind of thick and it gets nasty. So if you drink plenty of water, it helps thin out some of those secretions. And so that just helps you like be able to cough it up and move it around a little bit better. Um, So it always makes you feel a little bit better when you can cough up that stuff. Um, And so you definitely want to make sure that you're drinking plenty of water. And that's something else um, like Mucinex, those medicines that you can get over the counter to help with the cough. They don't really work unless you drink water um, because one of the it's a mucolytic, so it helps break up that mucus and helps you cough it up. Um, but if you're not drinking plenty of water, then it's not going to work because you want to make sure you're being able to thin all that mucus and stuff out. So hopefully this was helpful and a little bit encouraging for you that if you do get down with the cold this cold and flu season, that I promise you'll get better with time. Um, but you just got to make sure you're getting your rest and you're drinking plenty of water. I hope everybody stays safe and healthy over the holidays. This has been Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. It's funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and listeners like you. Today's show is engineered by Jay or Carl Screener with Charles. Join us next Thursday at 11. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.